Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. I've got a friend with me today who has had some powerful experiences with a number of things that we'll get into in just a few minutes. He is an author. He's a speaker. I would probably call you an advocate, too. Is that fair, Greg? Absolutely. Folks, this is Greg Threadgold. He is the author of the book, The Depression Miracle. Uh, This has been getting a little bit of traction for you, Greg, hasn't it? It has. I've been surprised. It it has helped a lot of people, Mm -hmm. um, basically all over the world. And the surprise was that it's helped caregivers to understand mental illness a little bit better Mm -hmm. if they have somebody dealing with it in their family. Because here you are coming from it at this topic from a very personal perspective. This is something that you dealt with for decades, I guess, in your life, right? I did, about 80% of my life, really, over 40 years from when I was uh, just under 10 years old to just a few years ago, mm. dealt with uh, the depression and the anxiety and mm-hmm. terrible paranoia. Right. So you know firsthand what this is all about. It, Greg, as I was reading your book, I felt a little bit like you were a cheerleader. That's why I called you an advocate just a few minutes ago. It, it feels to me like your experience has taught you that there is hope, even when, or especially when, it doesn't even seem like there's any. And you want other people to see that so that they don't just give up. Yeah, I, the people, as I looked back, the people that helped me the most, that I related to the roast were either a book or a talk or a tape by somebody who experienced it. Right. They've been there. Yes. And I remember someone explaining a panic attack, and I'm like, Really? Somebody else has those? Mm. And I instantly had a relationship with this person. They had credibility with me because they understood it. Right. And now that I've beat my depression and my anxiety, my whole career has changed. My whole life has changed to become this advocate, like you said, Mm -hmm. and work and help as many people as I can because I understand what they've been through. I've been there. I've lived it, and more importantly, I've beat it. Mm. And I wrote the book to share them, to share with them the things that I learned during 40 years of, of a living hell, I guess, the mm-hmm. ups and the downs and the hopelessness that you said, that I understand that. And I shared with him the things that I found that worked for me in, in beating right. this and taking it from my life. That's a powerful model. You said before the show... As we were chatting, you said, you've got an honorary PhD. And that's what you're talking about. This was an intensive course in learning the ins and outs of depression and mental illness through experiencing it yourself. And then with what you've learned, you're able to help other people. Absolutely. It, uh, even my wife to this day, and we've been together for almost 33 years, mm. And she went through this with me and suffered with me. 
she still doesn't understand what it's like. She saw hundreds She's of panic She's got attacks. a whole different perspective, says, doesn't I, she? I just can't understand it. Mm-hmm. Where I can turn to somebody and look at somebody, look at a client or look at somebody who's reading my book and go, I understand how you feel. Maybe not exactly, but I felt right. the same way. And let me tell you what I found well, that worked ev- for me. Everyone's experience is, is unique to them. Mm-hmm. The principles, however, are common. And, and some aspects of the experience are common and shared from person to person, and that's why we can generalize that. Right, and, it's, and like I said, that it's helped relationships with those caregivers and those family members that are so frustrated and not understanding, and they don't know what to do, and they don't know what to say. Right. And so most people I've found in my life that care about you, they don't say anything because they're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing. And that almost yeah. hurts as bad as them saying the wrong thing. They don't want to make it worse. No. And then they treat you like you're fragile. They do. They treat you like you're fragile, and they're going to push you over the edge. Mm. And, I, and I found that myself, along with a lot of the clients I work with, were really good at putting a smile on our face and saying, yeah, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. When we're really so lonely and screaming out for help. Mm-hmm. The, the pain is just there, but we're so good at just saying, yeah, I'm doing great. It's interesting, Greg, that a common greeting in our society and in our culture is, how are you? How are you doing? They're not really asking, are they? No, they're not. I think whatever you would answer, they'd go, oh, okay, great. Yeah. You could tell them you're, you're terrible, I'm miserable. Oh, okay, great. And... Mm-hmm. and but yeah, we we don't. It's and more of a greeting. It's, it's a, just it's just a greeting. It's another it's way that, of saying hi. It's kind of like the guy nod. We walk by and we don't even right. say anything. We just nod. We're just doing it. You've picked up on some. You call them keys. Mm-hmm. In fact, your book the, the subtitle is Seven Keys um, for Shattering Depression, Anxiety. I can't remember the whole thing, right. but you call these keys, and I think it would be. Interesting to pull a few of those out and just have that conversation with you based on your perspective and your experience. The first one that you mentioned is fear. Talk about that for just a minute. What, what is this key that you're mentioning? The, the best way to explain fear is if you think of fear and you think of trust as energies. Okay. Fear is an energy that compacts, it contracts us, it makes us smaller, it makes us selfish. Right makes us all wrapped up in ourselves, where trust is an energy that expands. It expands Mm. our relationship. It expands our goals, our dreams. Mm -hmm. And so one of the keys is learning how to move from a life of fear to a life of trust and of love. Suddenly, it doesn't seem like you're talking about depression specifically. This feels like a more general principle to me. It is a general principle, and and it... I think it's magnified somewhat with depression. Right. But depression is, is fears. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that hopelessness. It's fear. I try to explain to someone who's never had a panic attack. I said, take the most stressful day of your life and times it by a thousand. Mm-hmm. That's a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And they kind of understand a little bit more. But the, our mind just goes and it goes and our subconscious mind just goes out of control and panic. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it can be so something so simple and seems so ridiculous to someone. I remember being in a grocery store in the town I live in, mm-hmm. and all I had to do was buy ketchup. And That's a friend it. found me sitting in front of the ketchup bawling because I was mm. so stressed out I was going to buy the wrong bottle or the wrong brand or the wrong kind. Oh, wow. And my wife was going to get mad and she was going to leave me. And, and it just... And your mind was predicting all of these terrible tragedies. And it was going to be the end of the world if I did it wrong. And yeah. the person helped me buy a ketchup and it's going to be okay. And that seems so ridiculous to someone that hasn't had that. But mm-hmm. that's what panic is. It just builds on that fear of mm-hmm. everything's attached to that one decision. What advice would you have for someone who's stuck there in fear? How do you do it? One of the things is they need to trust themselves. They need to trust life. As hmm. crazy and mixed up and irrational and as life can get. Trust life. Trust life. You know, as crazy as life can get, it's still a safe place. You know, God, the universe, Mm. the higher power, whatever the listener believes in, they're not punishing you with this. They're not out to get you with this. They're not mad at you. When you say safe place, you're not saying that nothing's going to happen because things happen. Things do happen, Uh, but it's, things are going to happen the way they're supposed to happen. Can I take this to a personal level? Absolutely. Because I know, and I I learned something new about you as I read your book that I didn't know before, and that is that one of your children passed away while doing missionary service in a, in a faraway land. He did. And, um... Our family has had some experience with that as well, as I've shared with you. Uh, not my son, but my nephew um, had the same thing happened. This is what I mean by things happen, right? And, and it's painful and it's difficult. Now, this happened in your life after you had conquered the depression. Is that correct? It did, yes. It, so that prepared you. And so how is that? How can you trust life when things like that are going to happen? I know you've heard that question before. Well, personally for me, yeah, mm-hmm. I had, as I look back now, things had fallen in place to be, to have this happen when it was going to happen for me at the right time. If it had happened during my depression, I'm sure that day that I found out, I would have told my wife, I'm going to take a drive. And I would have never came back because I would have killed myself. It was game over for you. It was game over. Um, But even though, and it's been a little over two years, I still cry every day. I still deal with it every day. But my trust in God is that I believe in a God that doesn't make mistakes. Hmm. And this wasn't a mistake. He and another missionary that he shared a room with, they died together. Mm-hmm. of carbon monoxide poisoning in Taiwan. Wow. Um, very instantly and very painless, which was a blessing. But it wasn't... The word oops is not in God's vocabulary. This is just not part of the deal. It's not part of Him. He's a perfect God, so this was supposed to happen. 
But I also joy in the fact that my son, at 19 years old, was happier than he had ever been in his life. He was 7,000 miles away from home, mm -hmm. sharing a message with the people of Taiwan, and he had never been happier. And what a time to go in your life <sighs> when you you're had just to pick as happy, time, right? happy as you've ever been. Wow. But I had been prepared to handle that because when it happened, everybody was so worried about me. And was I going to fall back into depression? How is he going to handle it? So trust life is not about nothing's going to happen because things will. It's, it's more about trust that whatever happens is perfect for you. Yeah, it's part of your journey through life. It's your classroom. It's experience. a classroom, as as a friend of ours, Kim Giles, would say. Right. It's it's a classroom, and we go from why did this happen to me, which is fear, to what am I supposed to learn from this? How is this supposed to make me a better person? And, and that's trust because of that trust that I was able to learn. I was able to go on a different path to suddenly change careers and become a life coach to help people dealing with what I dealt with, mm. to write a book. That was never on my bucket list, trust me. <laughs> you didn't see this I happening didn't, years ago, I didn't see ago, it all happening, you? and it all happened within six months of his death. Wow. But this book just came, mm -hmm. and it's helped people. And I found out my purpose... For all those years I had to deal with, everything I had to deal with, mm. so I could learn empathy with people who are in pain, and I could understand right. their pain. Which puts you in a much more powerful position to help them now. It does. Instead of being oh, bitter, wow. I learned to trust. Well, Greg, you've cued this up really nicely for us. Folks, this is Greg Threadgold, author of The Depression Miracle at Live On Purpose Radio today. We'll be right back. know that I'm excited about positive psychology. Finally, there is an app that is available to help you feed your happy. My friend Scott Wilhite developed this app. Scott, tell us about it. Well, uh, it's called Feed Your Happy. It's like seven habits meets the Fitbit where you get mm, mental training it. on seven core skills to happiness and you get the tracking ability too so that you can chart. Anything you chart improves faster. If you like apps, if you like games, if you like happy, this is it. Feed Your Happy, it's available now in the App Store. Greg Threadgold at Live On Purpose Radio today. Greg, you, you got me thinking in that first half as you were talking about fear versus trust and how trusting life to serve up to us whatever learning experiences or opportunities are perfect for us, even though we don't know it at the time, even if it's painful, it seems like that's the perspective that you're drawing for us. Does that feel accurate to you? It, it really is, because the first thing that you deal with in depression or anxiety and mental illness is, is you lose hope. Right. And it just gets worse and worse till you just have no hope at all. And it begins by 
starting to have trust. Just little, just little steps at a time. Right. Um, you know, in, in the book, because I've been there and lived it, I, it, there's some tough love in there. And, and, <laughs> I, and I say in the book, you know, you can't make it walking through, the, uh, through life if you're sitting on your butt. And you got to get up yeah. and you got to do it. There's a lot of help out there. There's amazing books and counselors and medications and all that. And I had all those. Right. I had 45 different medications. I had 18 different therapists. I was in four mental hospitals. And they all helped in that's some way. That's quite a tally. Yeah, it is. Um, and that's a whole other <laughs> podcast, yeah, being right. in a mental hospital. But I understood, and I want the viewers to understand, that they feel like they're in this dark room. And the mm. door's locked and there's no light switch. Well, I want to tell them there is a light switch because I found it four years ago. Mm. But all these people helping you, they can't flip the switch for you. You got to do it yourself. There's a lot of things that just require your personal effort and input. Absolutely. Nobody's going to fix this for you. Nobody can fix it for you. And you have to fix it yourself. And as you do that, people will come into your life. And, you know, I mm. call it the depression miracle. Miracles happened in my life. Mm. To put people in my life that guided me towards beating this. And, and I believe that miracle's out there for everybody. You know, some people don't believe in miracles. My, my answer to that question is then they need to remember that they are one. <laughs> wow. We're yeah, all miracles. For sure. And the miracles happen every day all over the world, not just in biblical time. We're not 2,000 years ago. They happen every single day in people's lives. And people, we are a miracle. Just to open your eyes and see that creates some hope, doesn't it? Well, and, and miracles happen. You know, I talk about seven keys in, in my book. Mm -hmm. And when people put those in order, it puts them in a position mentally and physically and spiritually, if that's important to them, to receive a miracle because they've started to take those steps. And the people who receive the most miracles seem to be working the hardest. They work hard. It's not by accident. <laughs> I, you know, I did everything I was asked to do mm -hmm. all those 40 years. I read every book. I did every cognitive thing I was asked. I took all the tests. I took all the medications. Mm -hmm. But I was looking for those to fix me. And it was my job to fix me. Wow. And I just kept waiting for the magic pill. And maybe the miracle might be a pill. Maybe it'll be a book. Maybe it'll be a therapist. But it had to be me after everything I'd done. And miracles happen simply when we put more energy towards our trust and our beliefs and our goals and our dreams, then we do our fears. Hmm. That's when miracles start to happen. And that starts with doing the things, the seven keys, to get to that point. And it's just little steps. I had a conversation with one of my clients recently along those same lines, Greg. It, was, it had to do with what are you feeding with your precious life energy? What are you committing your thoughts to? What are you purchasing with the currency of your thoughts? 
And that's an interesting image to think of. Uh, one of my friends says, whatever you focus on, you feel. Whatever you think about comes about. And I think there's some truth to that. Oh, I absolutely believe that. I absolutely believe that. But I think, I know in my case, sometimes I had to see the whole road to take. I had to see the care at the end of the road. We, don't have, vision, to, we don't have to see the whole staircase to take the first step. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm asking people to do. You know, I came across a, a quote the other day that at first I thought was kind of silly. And, mm-hmm. and then the more I read it, I went, wow, that is so deep and so important. And it said, if nothing changes, nothing changes. <laughs> nothing changes. <laughs> and I went, boy, that's so true about the things that we're dealing with in our life. We have right. to make the changes. And then if we do everything we can, I believe that God will fill in the rest like he did with me mm-hmm. and bring that miracle. My miracle didn't come right away. It came after 40-something years. I have a question for you based on, on all this experience because I teach people all the time that choice is a really important factor here. And you didn't list that specifically as one of your seven keys, but I'm hearing it in what you're saying. To choose to see hope rather than despair or to choose trust over faith, it doesn't always feel like a choice, does it? No, it doesn't. And, and you know, I, I talk about those small steps. Mm-hmm. And the most important question I ask in the book was a question that I had to keep asking myself is, how long do you want to stay exactly the way you are right now? Hmm. Is it a month? Is it six months? Is it a year? Is it five years? Do you want to stay the way you are? And scary thought is some people are going to say the rest of my life. My hmm. answer to that when I kept taking these baby steps and getting closer was not one more minute do I want to stay the way I am right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to beat this. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to give up. And, and that's my message to your listeners is keep clawing and scratching and fighting. And, and when you think, I just can't do it anymore, think about the hardest days in your life where you didn't think you were going to get through it. I'm just, I'm not mm-hmm. going to make it through this day. Mm-hmm. You have a, if you're listening to this, you have a 100% success rate in getting through the hardest days of your life. I love that. That's pretty good. Not many people have 100% success You have rate. 100% success rate, a track record that is undefeated. That you've made it through every single one of them. You've and already you handled everything so far. And you'll continue to do it. Yeah, why would that ever change? And that should bring hope that you're a fighter, you're a survivor, wow. you're, you know. One of your keys is Persistence. Persistence. And patience. You know, patience is a tough one because you have to learn to be patient. And it takes patience to be patient. (laughs) And it can be so bitter learning patience (laughs) and learning to trust God that this is, my miracle is going to come someday, but I don't know when. And I don't know how. It's kind of like watching a seed grow. (laughs) It is. It is. But the fruits of it can be so sweet right? through patience. Persistence, again, getting through those hard days. 
I remember trying to get mm-hmm. through days 10 minutes at a time. Or, you know, those baby steps, persistence. I'm going to be positive and happy for 20 minutes today. And maybe next week I'm going to do 25 minutes or five minutes or whatever it is. I'm going to smile and say hi to five people today. Then you practice the behaviors that look like positive and happy. And you're starting, what you're doing is you're searching for that light switch in that room. And it's there. Yes. But when you find it, the reminder is it's a dimmer switch. And not everything just Mm. suddenly gets bright and happy and perfect. Mm -hmm. It's a dimmer switch, but you found it. And now you start to move from darkness to light. And I can honestly tell the people, because I've been there, and I like to point out, you know, 15,000 some odd days in a row I was depressed. I understand mental illness. Yeah, you get it. But uh, now I understand the other side of it. Still have problems. Got to a point where I was happy as I'd ever be. And I told my wife that. Since I was six years old, this is the happiest I've ever been. And four weeks Hmm. later, my son died. So we still have those challenges. But through the trust, I'd been prepared to handle absolutely the worst pain I ever thought you could have, losing a child. Oh, yeah. And now I've been trusted to reach out and connect and help other people who have lost a child. Because we understand the bond. We understand the pain. And the pain or the incident or the roadblock doesn't have to steal your happiness. No. In fact, I think sadness is part of happiness. I think it's part of a complete package. You get to feel a full range of human emotions. Well, and you can't experience happiness if you don't know what sadness is. That's true. And, you know, to see a rainbow, there's got to be some rain. (laughs) You have to go through some rain and darkness. Well said. Greg, thank you for sharing these thoughts with us today. You're welcome. Thank you. Your book, The Depression Miracle, is available how or where? It's on Amazon. Okay. They can just type the Depression Miracle. It's either the digital or the, the printed copy. Should come right up. Should come right up. Mm-hmm. Um, my website, if they want to contact me, I do yeah. speaking and I do coaching. They can go to a greater life for you.com. A greater life for you.com. And there's a lot of free resources on there. Nice. And links to other free resources that really helped me along the way. Thank you. We'll put a a link up on the blog site as well for that. So folks, you've had it here from from a man who knows, a man who has been there, Greg Threadgold, The Depression Miracle. Greg, is there a final thought or idea that you'd like to share with our listeners as we part today? You know, the, the final thing I want to reiterate to people is that key of They've made it through every single hard day that they didn't think they were going to. That when I found that and put it in my book, that helped me so much. The days that I thought I wasn't, I wasn't strong enough, I was strong enough. And you Apparently. have a 100% track record to get through them. And also remember that they are a miracle. Yes. Everybody's a miracle. Well said. Thanks for your thoughts today and for joining us at Live On Purpose Radio. Thank you for having me. It's time, everybody, to go live on purpose. Purpose.